like overjoyed with excitement right now. Whew, had to get a water. I was so excited and I was afraid I was going to be needing it um, after those delicious salty brats. So welcome to Wednesday nights. We are here live and in person and recorded or live on the internet. For those of you who do not know, uh, my name is Eric Holst. Um, welcome to Wednesday nights. It's so exciting to have all of you here. I'm really excited about this year. I'm excited about uh, walking through this book together. We're going to try and, uh, for those of you who have been to Wednesday nights before, tonight's going to be a little bit different. Um, we are not going to break up into our discussion groups tonight. We're going to do a uh, small three-person Q&A type thing. Uh, I was going to call it a panel discussion, but it's not really a panel discussion. It's more of a Q&A, uh, kind of laying out what discussion groups look like. Um, if at any point I thought about making some of these and handing them out um, for, for all those in attendance, kind of like at an auction, but it would be a question mark. Because I know we have a, a challenge, we have like, we're, um, I'm not a doctor, but what would it be to be like rot rotary challenged, rotator cuff challenged? Tim? Fro is that a frozen shoulder? He's like, I, I don't care about the shoulder, I just care about the stuff that keeps you alive. <laughs> Shoulders, you don't need them. Anyway, so then you could just raise your question, uh, Mark, and then we would, then we would see. Um, the, the whole idea behind uh, this Wednesday night thing is for us, meaning the collective us, uh, to walk through this book together and to journey through uh, the book of Judges together. I, um, I happen to be up here, uh, but certainly that doesn't make me the expert. I'm not an expert in Old Testament. I'm not an expert, certainly, in the book of Judges. Um, I did take Hebrew uh, I didn't do great at it, and for those of you who know, it was a terrible way to learn Hebrew that really has gotten me nowhere. So we are doing this as a collective unit, um, and so feel free at any point to ask any question you feel like asking, because if you're thinking about it, somebody else is probably thinking about it as well. And so I'm appealing to some of you brave souls that know me and know that I would love to hear your question, and so I can't wait. We started something this summer, people were engaged in asking questions, and I feel like that snowball is still rolling down the hill and gathering steam. So hopefully we can uh, have a conversation as we go throughout um, the nights together. Uh, honestly, I've just, people are like, are you not gonna pray? <laughs> I'm gonna pray, I'm just stalling. There was just so much love and joy and fellowship happening out there. I didn't want to make those that, that were enjoying it feel bad about walking in late. So, On that note, I knew Nick was coming, and I wanted to wait because he wanted to hear my prayer. And Carla did too. She had texted me earlier, wait for me to say the prayer. <laughs> <laughs> That would be awesome. If you're ever running late, just text me and say, would you wait to pray? <laughs> and then I'll wait and I'll see you come in and then, then we'll pray. So let's open with a word of prayer. 
Father God, we come to you this night, and it is a joy to be together, and it is so exciting to, to see new faces and meet new folks and to enter into this dialogue with you and with the text and with each other, and we are delighted to be able to hear from you and to come to your word as a form of engagement with you and your Son and your Spirit, and we just ask, Holy Spirit, that you would be with our time, not only tonight, but throughout this year, and that as we go out from this place, that you would constantly be working through this text in us, and that you would be with the discussion groups that we form and have these wonderful conversations with, and we just, again, thank you so much for your love and your grace and your decision to communicate to us through your word and through so many other avenues. And so we are excited about what is going to come this year. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so uh, again, we're going to spend, uh, most nights we're going to spend about 45 minutes in here, um, having uh, working through uh, a section of the text because of the nature of the text. We're going to be trying to go through approximately two chapters a night. We're more than likely going to be uh, spending all of the fall into the, the holiday season in Judges. There's a chance we may get into Ruth, um, but we may save Ruth till after the first of the year. So we're going to spend about 45 minutes in here, and then uh, starting next week, we're going to break into our discussion groups, uh, and you will be in that same discussion group for the duration of our time on Wednesday nights during the school year. So the ladies will meet in here. The gentlemen will be dispersed in various uh, rooms on this side of what we have deemed as the Switzerland of Wednesday nights. So if you feel like you need some safety, just go into the gathering space. It's safe there. It's a no-judgment zone, which everywhere is, frankly, but you know what I mean. Um, so there, I promise... Amanda has promised me there will be no youth lingering into that space unless they need a Switzerland. And then maybe you'd find a friend, join, meet them in Switzerland. Um, so that will be, and we'll spend some time in discussion groups. Um, but we'll talk about that later. So Scott McKnight in his book, The Blue Parakeet, says, We do not read the Bible to master it. We read the Bible to be mastered by it. We do not read the Bible to master it. We read the Bible to be mastered by it. So tonight what we want to do is we want to, you can either see this as an on-ramp or you can see this as a off-ramp uh, to the hill that we are headed up that is Judges. Uh, so what we're going to try and do is we're going to lay some groundwork for what Judges is and what are we going to try and do in Judges. Part of tonight is basically a teaser. Um, it's a preview. It's like a trailer for a movie, right? I don't know how many more times I can see the James Bond trailer. I'm like, seriously, You've been teasing us with this for years. Just release the thing already, right? So that's what we're going to do tonight. Um, I'm going to say this in advance. 
and I talked to the, the Wednesday lunch folks, and I said, I can have a tendency to go grammatically to places that I don't even know I'm going to, and then you feel this like glaze setting in, where you're thinking about like, what am I going to wear to work tomorrow? I wonder what the dog's doing. If you get to that space, just raise your hand. Just be like, yep, yeah, uh-huh. And I think I'll know that you're not saying amen. You're saying stop, and that's okay. If you want to say amen, you don't have to raise your hand. You can just say amen, and that'll be, that'll be fine. For those of you who have never been here on a Wednesday night, a lot of amens, so get used to that. A lot of amens, a lot of questions, a lot of free sharing. So, yeah, see? Already. Like, we are all, Time out. You know who you are. Yes, you moved. Like, you were, that was like my go-to spot right there. And you'd be like, yes, amen. And now you move, so we'll have to get that dialed back in. So, what are we doing with this book of Judges? Well, uh, Janine Brown, who was my uh, professor at uh, Bethel Seminary, she wrote this book, uh, Scripture as Communication, and she says this, talking about uh, this idea of narrative. The shaping of character is rarely the direct aim of biblical narrative. We are not told stories about Abraham, Moses, Jesus, or Paul, chiefly in order that we might let our characters be shaped by theirs. The primary concern of biblical narrative is to expound the gospel, to talk about God and what God has done, rather than to talk about the human characters who appear in God's story. Now, she's quoting a different uh, author, John Golden Gay, who writes a lot of commentaries. So the book of uh, Judges is a narrative text. So when we think about types of scripture from a literary standpoint, we have uh, narrative, which is what the book of Judges is. Think story. We have poetry. So think psalms. And then we have epistles. Think letter. So the gospels are narrative. Most of the Old Testament is uh, narrative. And so what we have within the book of Judges is the story about what took place. So what Judges is going to be is it's going to be a description of what has happened through the eyes of the author that has been passed down uh, to the folks that are receiving it. Not everything, as one commentator points out, and multiple people actually do, not everything that occurs in the Bible means that it's approved of by God. So there's things that we're going to encounter that we, uh, frankly, are going to recoil at. I mean, there's some seriously awful things that happen in the book of Judges. <laughs> I mean, let's just be real. And I've said this to many people. If the Judges was a movie... I would never let my kids watch it. <laughs> I'm just being honest. And if you would let your kids watch it, you haven't read the book of Judges. <laughs> Nikki's like, I thought it was Veggie Tales. I'm like, that's what Tom said, <laughs> not me. 
There are some key VeggieTale stories that we're going to go through, um, but we're walking through this narrative, which, which, again, is this historical accounting of those, your wife's sitting right there. I know, you can't have a hard time to see her. She's the one next to the blaze yellow, uh, or blaze green. So narrative is a historical recounting of the events that took place, and it's going to be descriptive. It's not often prescriptive. So it's describing what has happened in history from a particular angle, and it's not trying to prescribe what should have happened from a, this is what you should do. At times, we're going to make those inferences, but at its baseline level, we're talking about describing events that have happened. Now, much like um, if you were to talk to uh, some of the Golden Gopher folks after Saturday's game, they would talk about, oh, we handled those guys, we whooped them, we killed them, we destroyed them, we wiped the field with them, however you want to describe it. Now, if you talked to the folks from Miami, Ohio, they got lucky, they barely beat us. Two teams experiencing the same game telling you the story from a very different perspective. So we're receiving the perspective from the writer of the book of Judges who has experienced it in a particular way. What is the timing of Judges? Because that's kind of important. Well, it's interesting because the commentators, again, this is much like who is the author of Hebrews. The commentators are like, we basically have no idea when the book of Judges was written, but let me tell you what I think. (laughs) So we know that the book of Judges more than likely transpires over a range of years, anywhere from 480 years to maybe 225 years. So we're talking about centuries of history taking place within the book of Judges. When is this happening? Well, it's happening between uh, the time of Joshua and really uh, the time of King Saul. And so we're going to get some key indicators of what's going on. Some want to say that actually the first part of 1 Samuel should be included uh, within this time frame of Judges. It's not, so we're not going to say that it is. But it's in that time frame. Anywhere from 15th century to 12th century uh, B.C. is when we're kind of looking at it taking place. What has happened in the nation of Israel? Well, if we, if we go back to, uh, so the first five books of the Bible are the Pentateuch. And this was like a mountain, this is hilarious, it's, it was like a Mountain Dew-type experience for me. Have you ever thought why Mountain Dew was called Mountain Dew? Once I told Nikki that, and she's like, Oh my word! Brilliant! Like dew from the mountain. Yes. It's so refreshing. It's like dew from the mountain. Oh my word. Recently I was like, Oh, the Pentateuch, like five. Like five books. Oh, <laughs> Yes! Ah, yes, okay. I did pass seminary, yes. So we have the first five books of the Bible. We have 
Abraham and the Abrahamic covenant, and we have all of that going on in Genesis. And then we have Moses in the Exodus, and we have Exodus and Deuteronomy talking about the history of the people being delivered. And we know they go up to the promised land, and they're camped outside the promised land, and they send in the two spies, Caleb and the other guy. And they're like, wow, there's some really big people there, uh, but it's an amazing spot, so we should probably go in. They decide not to go in. God isn't real thrilled with that, so they spend 40 years in the wilderness so that they can all die off. Then Joshua comes around. You know, At the end of Deuteronomy, Moses dies. In the beginning of Joshua, it's like, oh, remember Moses? He's dead. Here comes Joshua. So we have Joshua leading the people into the promised land, and there's some overlap. You'll see some interesting overlap of, okay, did that happen during Joshua, or did that happen during the book of Judges? Well, the book of Judges starts with after the death of Joshua. So that's, the, that's what happens right before this. So you have a book, 24 chapters, the book of Joshua, covering the reign of Joshua. And then you have the book of Judges covering centuries. <laughs> like There seems to be a slight difference between amount of ink spilt about Joshua so then you have Joshua, and then we go into this time of Judges. So the people have gone in. They've, they've gone into the Promised Land. And they've inhabited the Promised Land. So now what they're trying to do is live. They're trying to set up. What does it look like to live in the Promised Land? They've come from Kadesh Barnea. I had to say that for Tom because it's his favorite Old Testament phrase. So they've come from Kadesh Barnea, and they're in the Promised Land. And so what does it look like for them to live as a people in the Promised Land? That's really this time frame that we get within the book of Judges. Now, after the book of Judges, we get into 1 and 2 Samuel, and we start to see this precursor to the kingship. So King Saul comes around in 1 Samuel. So we are in the time between the coming into the promised land, Joshua, the living in the promised land, and really the nation of Israel establishing themselves with King Saul, and then obviously King, maybe not obviously, but then with King David, and so on down the line. So that is kind of uh, contextually where we find ourselves. The, the book of Judges, the time of Judges, gets referenced multiple places, certainly in the Old Testament. If you uh, look at 1 Samuel, because it's right there, the next book over, 1 Samuel chapter 4. This is, again, part of why we start to consider um, maybe this should have been included in the book of Judges. Uh, we're talking about Eli, the great um, leader, Eli, priest. As soon as he mentioned the, the ark of God, Eli fell over backward from his seat by the side of the gate, and his neck was broken, and he died, for the man was old <laughs> and heavy. He had judged Israel for 40 years. So we get this reference, Eli is listed as a judge, except he isn't uh, happening to occur in the book of Judges. Then if we go forward uh, to 1 Samuel 12, again, we get this reference, around um, some folks from um, the book of Judges. Verse 11, 
And the Lord sent Jeroboam and Barak and Jephthah and Samuel and delivered you out of the hand of your enemies on every side and you lived in safety. So the first three characters there we're going to see in the book of Judges. Gideon is actually Jeroboam. I don't know why they call them that, but we're not talking about 1 Samuel, we're talking about the book of Judges. So that's kind of where we find ourselves. So when we talk about this idea of judges, we, we live in this place of deficiency from a lingual standpoint. What does that mean? We, when I say judges, you immediately have preconceived notions of uh, who we're talking about. So like, if we were to do, because I know many of you are just itching to participate, if I were to say, who's the first judge that comes to mind by name, who would you say? Okay, that was terrible. Okay, let's try this again. Okay, you at home, play along, type it in the chat bar. I say the first judge that comes to name, to your name, the first name of a judge that comes to your mind and you say, Sal had the right answer. Wapner, definitely Wapner. I mean, come on. Some people said Judge Judy. Some people said actual judges that have, like, an impact. <laughs> this is America. We care about Judge Judy, Judge Wapner, Night Court, Bull, all those great things. Night Court. Wasn't that a funny show? Yes. I made a reference to Wayne's World to a couple youth leaders, and they were like, What? Oh, Lord. So when we think of a judge, we think of someone sitting on a bench enforcing the law. That's not what we're talking about. So what we're talking about is this Hebrew word, the root word for, for what is labeled as judges, means to rule or govern or to exercise leadership. So Block, in his commentary, he gives us this nice little diagram. And on one side, we think of to judge, meaning to lead in internal affairs, meaning like to execute judgment on people. And then on the other side, to deliver, meaning to lead in external affairs. So the judges that we're talking about in the book of Judges, what they're doing is they're leading the people. And so part of the challenge around dating the book of Judges is we're going to have these uh, overlapping time frames that we're not going to realize they're overlapping, but they definitely are overlapping. So we're going to get references to, and so-and-so ruled over the people for 40 years, and so-and-so ruled over the people for 20 years. Part of this is there were judges that were ruling in smaller sectors. Because again, the nation of Israel is these 12 tribes. They're dispersed throughout the promised land, larger region. And so these judges are leading in their particular sphere. And then there's five more important judges, larger judges, having a larger leadership role. So we're going to see people like Deborah, Gideon, Samson, as some of the leaders over all of Israel that have this big impact, and we're going to have smaller judges that are having smaller impact. 
around things like uh, one commentator has this huge chart of the breakdown of so people, meaning the nation of Israel, and then from there we go down to this subset of tribe, and then we go down to clan, and then we go down to a smaller subset of family. It's not always this boring. It's kind of like when Josh used to lay like block and stuff. The block stuff isn't pretty, but it's very important, right? Because if you build your house on sand, the rains come down and the floods come up, right? It's not a good thing. So we're laying some foundation. So, we're going to have these various judges that are seeking to lead in these external affairs. Because one of the key themes of the book of Judges is, well, and the people of Israel again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. (laughs) And the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. (laughs) And if we look at 2.16, which we're going to get to in two weeks, we see this phrasing, then the Lord raised up judges who saved them out of the hand of those who plundered them. Yet they did not listen to their judges. And so, these judges are trying to rally the people around worshiping Yahweh. Because when we think about Deuteronomy and Joshua, the people, as they go into the promised land, God is commanding them to do what? He says, as you go into the land, make sure you drive out the people that are in the land because the main fear of the Israelites, well, the main fear of God with the Israelites is as they go into this new place, if they allow some people to hang around, there's a multitude of gods that are are happening existing all throughout the ancient Eastern, Near Eastern world. And so if they don't drive out the people with their gods, Yahweh knows that these human beings, they have what's called a problem. They're going to look over the fence and be like, huh, that's an interesting God. Tell me more. And then they're going to start worshiping these other gods and they're going to go and they're going to leave Yahweh or they're going to do this thing called syncretism and they're going to start blending the worship of... Okay, we need to decide collectively tonight because I could go both ways on this. Do we say Baal or do we say, as Max does, Baal? Can we just decide collectively? Who wants to say Baal? Who wants to say Baal? (laughs) And the rest of you that didn't vote, what are you wearing to work tomorrow? Because I think that's where you're at. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. She's already thinking about the... Can we just get to the panel discussion? Because I got my answers already on my hand that I'm going to read later. I guess Baal it is, even though it's wrong. Oh, it's fun. 
So, this blending, the syncretism that happens of we're going to worship a little bit of Yahweh and we're going to worship a little bit of Baal or the other gods that are existing at the time. So this is this, the book of Judges is a bit of uh, repeat around these themes. So structurally, as we look at the book of Judges, uh, really from the, the beginning, it's Grammatically, we have this interesting double intro that is going to be the first uh, chapter 1 through chapter 3, 6. is kind of this interesting double intro. And then we're going to have this peculiar double close at the end that functions as this uh, kind of word sandwich within the narrative. Oh, hi. (laughs) I mean, that wasn't awkward. She's trying to, like, sneak up on me and... okay. Yeah, okay. You're lucky I didn't. No, just kidding. I left that in my office. (laughs) Come on, that was kind of funny. David thought it was funny. (laughs) He's like, if you have a gun in your office, why haven't you shot the woodchuck? Different story for a different time. So we have these two, this double introduction, and then we have this double close at the end, and then in the middle, really from 3-6, into the story of Samson or through the story of Samson, we're going to see this uh, progression of <laughs> becoming worse and worse and worse with kind of these interesting highlights uh, and peaks of goodness. As, um, as one commentator said, the book of Judges consists of apostasy, punishment, cry of pain, deliverance. <laughs> I know, why did we pick this book? <laughs> it's the only one that we haven't gone to through in this first part of the Bible. And Ruth. So again, we're going to see this prologue and this intro and then we're going to spend a lot of time going through story after story after story where these judges are able to bring the people up. They they restore the worship of Yahweh. Everything is going well. And then they walk away from God. God punishes them. They cry for pain. And then God sends them another deliverer. And it'll be interesting as we go, you'll see each subsequent judge, things get worse and worse and worse and worse. So that's what we have to look forward to. (laughs) Uh, As I mentioned, key themes within the book, and the people did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. To say it a slightly different way, this idea of the people did what was right in their own eyes. And then uh, towards the end, we're going to get this phrase, There was no king in all of Israel. So we're going to see this phrase that continues to come up, that there was no king for them, uh, like in verse 1 of chapter 18. In those days, there was no king in Israel. And then in, in chapter 19, in those days when there was no king in Israel. And so we're going to explore... What is the author trying to tell us within the narrative, within the story? What is the point that they are trying to make by, po- by highlighting the fact that there's no king? 
When God establishes the people of Israel, he is a theocracy. God is their ruler. God is their king. And if you remember back to uh, 1 Samuel, when we went through 1 Samuel, the people are like, please give us a king. And God's like, you want a king because you want to be like all other nations, which is not a compliment. And so then he finally gives them a king, thinking, well, this is what you want, this is what you get, and it doesn't exactly go great for them. And if you remember back to First and Second Kings, all these bad kings, and then maybe we get a good king. Um, and so that's, that phrasing is going to be a key theme as we get towards the end of the book of Judges. One thing that I really like to do um, when we go through a book, and it's kind of a fun little exercise. I like to uh, create a one-sentence kind of thesis statement for what the book is. And last year I had probably the most brilliant... <laughs> probably the most brilliant thesis statement for the book of First John probably ever. And then I was on quarantine, and I sat at home and watched John sit up here and rip my thesis statement apart. <laughs> Look at me now. <laughs> he didn't. That's hyperbole. That's his thing, right? Hyperbole? Just kidding. So it's kind of a fun thing. You know, when we think about the book of Judges, how do we encapsulate any book within one sentence? So one thing I want to challenge you to do in the next week is to either sit down and read through this whole book in one sitting or go for a 45-ish minute walk and listen to it. And then ask yourself, how would I summarize this book in one sentence? Because that process, especially as we are going through a narrative, you know, we have become so accustomed nowadays with the, the world of streaming shows. You know, Netflix drops a show and they just drop all the episodes. So what do you do? You just sit down and you just watch them all. There's no suspense. Then you get hooked on Apple TV and you're like, why? Give me one more episode. We don't, Judges wasn't written to be read or listened to one chapter at a time. It's a story. It's stories within a story and so to be able to, to read it or listen to it all in one sitting, you're going to have a much clearer picture of what the writer of Judges is trying to do throughout the narrative arc. Sounds, Jeff's like, yeah, now, I'm good. <laughs> Maybe two trips to work and back. That'll get you there. Just drive slow. So, here's the sentence. Judges is the story of God's people attempting to possess and live in the promised land amidst the human pull to do what is right in one's own eyes while God punishes them in an attempt to draw them back into right relationship with himself that involves exclusive worship of him. If you're correcting any grammatical errors... <laughs> Shame on you. <laughs> Shame on you. 
So again, it's the story of the people trying to live in the promised land, and they're constantly walking away from God. And, and to quote uh, verse 17 of chapter 2, they hoard after other gods and bowed down to them. And so the people are constantly, they're, they're on this yo-yo of worshiping Yahweh and then going after other gods, and then they're punished, and they cry out, and God restores them, and it's just this cyclical cycle uh, of that. And all the while, God is trying to establish them in this geographical location as this group of people that are committed to him so that they will be a light to all the nations around them. If you remember back to the promise of Abraham, it's this, he is going to be this, this father of all of these nations, and then the nation of Israel is going to be a light to all of the people around uh, them, and they are going to come to Yahweh as a result of the people's faithful witness to Yahweh. Except that doesn't happen. And so we're going to uh, kind of walk through that. Some questions that are just going to immediately kind of come to mind are, if God's strategy to draw people to himself is to create genocide, that's not really that attractive. So how do we wrestle with the brutality of the book of Judges? We're going to see these people that, that are these great leaders, and then they make some really terrible decisions. And so then we're going to ask ourselves, oh, so how is it that the writer of Hebrews, okay, in the, in the chapter on faith, Hebrews chapter 11, spoiler alert, And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight, And so how is it that what takes place in the book of Judges later in the book of Hebrews gets held up as the standard of faith? And so we're going to, we, myself included, are going to continue to wrestle with what is God trying to do by communicating the book of Judges to his people, first and foremost, and then to his people meaning us in the present. One thing that we will um, constantly have to remind ourselves and hopefully will remind ourselves is the book of Judges is not about us. Okay? The book of Judges is not about us. The book of Judges is about the nation of Israel being established within this space and how they function with God and how God relates to them. 
It's going to be about who God is and how God relates to his people. And that's going to be the number one thing that we have to constantly be asking ourselves. What is being communicated to us about God? And what is it that God wants us to do in response to knowing who he is? Because again, the, the point of what we're doing here in wrestling with Scripture and community is not so that we uh, can have a mastery of what did Gideon do and when. You know, what was the second thing that Delilah did to try and trick Samson? Should be probably a great Bible baffle question. So glad that we get to reintegrate. Katie's shaking her head like, you got to make at least one Bible baffle reference at least once a month on Wednesday night. Just give and fill good ideas. <laughs> the point of us engaging with this is to be mastered by the text and to fall deeper in love with who this God is. And so as we come into this, this, this time together, there's going to be times when it Again, it's going to be uncomfortable. We're really going to say, oh my word, what is God doing? And that's okay. Because what God wants us to do is to engage with this communicative act that he has put together within Scripture. So what we want to do is be faithful to the text and then be faithful to our relationships with one another. Because one of the beautiful things about this time is you know, we could all sit at home, we could all uh, read this book of Judges, we could even buy a few commentaries and, and glean all the information we want from the text. But if we think about the Bible as it was handed down, nobody had a Bible. And so to engage with Scripture would have been to sit in community and to hear the word of the Lord declared and then to talk about it. And so we've had, we, we have established this, this format of some talking time. Some people say it's teaching. Other people are like, that's what teaching is. Uh, and then we, then we get into our, our discussion groups. And so next week, we're going to break into our discussion groups. And you say, well, you're already looking around at who's going to, who you're going to pair up with. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> it's far more spiritual than that. The Holy Spirit, by random draw, which is biblical, casting lots, is going to place you in a group. And you, we, we laugh. It's true. It's amazing how these groups get formed out of seemingly randomness, and it's an opportunity to meet new folks. And there's a group of individuals that get together on Wednesday, at Wednesdays at lunch, and we discuss the text, and we come up with questions for discussion. The questions are not meant to trick you. The question... <laughs> I, I love some, some of the... Some of the people that have been here before. Seasoned veterans. The questions are not meant to trick you. The questions 
oftentimes don't even have a right answer. (laughs) They're meant to spur us on one another and, and to further engage with the text and with each other. And so there would be groups of gals and groups of guys, and the gals will meet in here, the, the females, or however you want to refer to the, the groups that you are. And the guys will be in various other rooms, not Switzerland, that's off limits. And, and you'll have a leader, and, and they'll ask you the questions. If you don't ever want to talk, other than next week when, they're a- when you're asked, what's your name? <laughs> and maybe, how'd you get to Timberwood? And you say, my vehicle. That's okay. Because part of it is being in community and hearing how other people process the text that we can grow deeper with one another. And maybe, maybe you're not into big groups and, and that's, that's okay. It's not a time to argue. It's not a time to debate. It's a time to wrestle with one another. Growing up, my brothers and I, I'm the youngest of two of three boys, two older brothers. We fought a lot in a very healthy way. So much so that our parents said, we're buying wrestling mats and putting them in the basement, go downstairs and fight down there. We were never trying to hurt each other. We were just, well, they were trying to hurt me. I wasn't trying to hurt them. But that wrestling with one another was a way to grow stronger, and that's part of what we want to do in this time of discussion. And so if you're, if you're leery of the discussion groups, um, hopefully we're going to try and take some of that away. But you hear it from me first, and so if your leader ever tries to do this, you can say, well, Eric told me I only had to answer two questions. <laughs> What's my name and how'd I get to Timberwood? That second question could be different, but there will be two questions. But the hope is that we can grow and wrestle with this together, and that's why we have these discussion groups. And maybe you'll, you'll meet a really solid uh, friend or two. So that's uh, kind of the expectation around that. Highly recommend every week after you've already read the whole book, that was, that's going to be for next week, reading each section as we go. And so every week we'll kind of talk about, all right, next week we're going to go from this verse to this ver- verse. And so you'll know what's coming. If you ever miss a week, totally fine. We're recording it so you can watch it or listen to it on the podcast. Um, and then the questions will be posted so you can, you can follow up on those. So that's, um, that's some, of the, some of the stuff that we're going to be working through. I love to uh, engage in conversation and dialogue. And again, I'm not coming to you uh, as an expert of this book. I'm not an expert of this book. I'm not. I'm not an expert at Hebrew. I'm not an Old Testament scholar. Um, and so fire away, as Mike Zimmer would say. So right now, I've asked three people. I actually asked ten people, but only three of them agreed. (laughs) Three people to come up. You're one of them. Come on up, Deb. And I have some questions for them 
to hopefully um, give you a picture of kind of the whole Wednesday night thing. I'm going to go like this. You can sit if you'd like. David, sit between them in case they start to fight. Is the mic microphone on? Um, nope. No. Okay. You never asked me, by the way. I know. I told you. <laughs> okay. So um, the the questions are meant to give you folks that have never been here before kind of a preview of what Wednesday nights look like, not from my mouth. If you have questions that you've been thinking about, either about the text or that you'd like to ask myself or them about Wednesday nights, uh, more than happy to do that. So each of them is going to answer, tell me about your experience on Wednesday nights. Sorry, I'm blocking you. Deb, what has your experience on Wednesday nights been? It, well, for me, it's been great. Um, I was fairly new, and I thought it's something my husband and I could do together, even though you know, you're, in, you're in separate groups. But um, I could meet people, and you know, I love studying the Word in that you can hear it over and over and over again, but you always can pick up something new that you didn't maybe know. And... Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's pretty laid back. It's it's good experience. Sorry, maybe say your name. My name is David, and I took a vehicle here. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, it was more so uh, finally get to be with adults because I was with the kids for <laughs> six or seven years before this. And so I'm like, hey, adults. Um, which is fun, uh, but it, it's completely different, and my first year, I was uh, super happy to just see the difference and actually be able to have conversations with um, other people that were going through the same things or have gone through the same things or just had another perspective on, on life because you get into, you know, life application in this, and, and it's just, it was fun to be able to relate um, differently because it, it, it really is. It's, it, when you're with adults versus kids, you can talk about different things uh, <laughs> that you can't talk about with kids. Um, so it was just a great experience for me to be able to um, really learn the Bible and dig deep um, and just have other people that are much wiser than me talk to me about their life experiences and what the Bible means to them in that way. Such a big space <laughs> up here. I'm Tracy. I drove my minivan tonight. And <laughs> I started coming to Timberwood on Wednesday nights last year. And I love it. And I thought, okay, so you, I, I had little, heard a little bit about the structure. I'm like, okay, you have like a 45-minute teaching. And I'm like, oh, will my attention span hold? Will it be boring? boring? Well, I have to be doing this. But I was, I felt like such a sponge because I just, the information, I feel like Eric, when he was sharing, like he's super thoughtful and he is, um, you know, he puts a lot of um, energy and time. It seems like before he comes in, so he's very knowledgeable about what he's talking about, but then he's funny. And I just felt super engaged and 
I felt like really starting to come to Wednesday nights like awakened my soul. And I just felt like I, st I did. And, <laughs> and I felt like I was just getting on the right path to like spiritual formation and working on my faith and just getting more grounded. And I am just so excited to be back. Okay, so you, since you're on that, it's kind of like a snake draft, so you have to go oh, answer the next question okay. first. And David, you're stuck I'm in the ready. middle the whole time. <laughs> so how would you describe the discussion group time? I loved that too. <laughs> so, uh, but I do have to say I was a little, um, I was a little nervous. So I was a little nervous coming. I feel like, you know, it's a big church and I was nervous. I didn't know what to expect. And I was just so pleasantly surprised when I got put in my small group. The leader who was Miranda, if any of you know her, she was super warm and welcoming. And so were all the, the women in our group. And um, I just felt instantly safe. And just to be able to talk if I wanted to, but sit quietly and listen if I wanted to. So I just, um, and I felt like our group even though each week sometimes uh, new people would come in, it still felt um, really comfortable. And um, we would laugh. And sometimes I would cry because I, I do that a lot. And, um, and we'd have meaningful conversations. And it was just a great time to process through some of the stuff that was uh, Eric had talked about, but in a just a very real, day-to-day -day kind of way. Um, for me, it was one of those situations where, like I said, I came from the youth, and every answer that the kids give is, uh, church, pray, read the Bible. And so the first night I was here, it's like the first answers we got were the same. I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. And um, But it was very nice because you know, for guys, it takes us a little bit longer to warm up to each other sometimes, I think. And so it took a couple nights, but it was very, um, I don't know. I have a hard time opening up, usually, unless you're, like, my close friend for, I don't know, how long have we been friends now? <laughs> I'm still working on opening up to Eric. So, <laughs> um, But it just felt like it was a space where, where you could because you get there, you, you're with the same group every week, and so you continue to uh, just build on that trust for one, but then two, um, it, it just, it feels very brotherly when you uh, start getting into it, and um, I don't know, the comfort is there, and um, I don't know, it's really hard to explain. It just was very comfortable to be able to um, dig into the questions, and I don't know. I cried last year a few times too, and that was a first. Um, but it did. I mean, I don't know. It, it's an experience that you just have to to go through, but be open minded to. Um, and I didn't say. I don't think I answered any more than two questions for several weeks because I, I wasn't comfortable yet, and that was great. And that's every year. It's not a problem to sit there and just soak it in. Um, and then wait for the comfort to come to you, and and then share if you if you're willing to. Um, I don't know. It was very special. This is a it, it's a very special night for me every week. So I'm excited for this to be back. 
I'm Deb. <laughs> <laughs> and I came in my Volkswagen wagon with they don't make anymore. I love that car. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I, I remember the first night Tom made a point to say, oh, you're not in a group. You go with Miranda. And I knew Miranda, which, which helped. And um, I guess I didn't contribute a whole lot right away. But, you know, as the spirit moves you, you, you become part of that group and you gel and you... Yeah, it just becomes very comfortable. And, um, you know, and then the next class, not, or the next book, you could get with another group, with other people, which is, which is great. And um, friendships are formed. And, um, yeah, give it a try and see if it's something that um, you'll like as well as the rest of us like. I guess we need to like have a chair for Miranda since she's not here with yeah. us anymore. I mean, you know what I mean. Um, so what is something that you find challenging about Wednesday nights? Oh, okay. I think maybe not feeling prepared, which I like. I like expectations. Now you laid it out. Read the book or listen to judges. And personally, I need that. And... Um, so that, that'll be good for me. Um, challenging otherwise. Um, hmm. I know there probably are some, but I guess maybe feeling inadequate and maybe not um, being as knowledgeable, mm. but, but that's, that's why we're here. We're here for this, you know, learning, continuous learning of the Bible and, and just having the Spirit speak to us and, and grow as we meet in our groups and, I guess, you know, even challenge each other in the sense that, um, well, I don't really want to say challenge, I guess, but, yeah, just, just learn, I guess, and take better notes. Spur, <laughs> spur one another on. Yes, yeah, spur, yes, yes. It definitely took my answers, just not feeling adequate. Like, I don't know, I'm not a scholar. I've never done any more studying than uh, past college, and I plan to keep it that way. <laughs> and so it's just, I'm not very bible rounded. I don't know. See, I can't even speak. <laughs> All right. So this is what you get when seven people say no. All right. Um, <laughs> So, and you're not given an option <laughs> exactly. at noon. Uh, but, but it has become a place where that doesn't matter because um, most of us, I don't know, if we could probably do a raise of hands of how many of us went to seminary, and it's not going to be very many. Um, and so it, it's really nice because we're all coming from it at the same level, most of us, and it's, um, it allows us to wrestle with it together. And so the biggest challenge is to allow myself to wrestle with it and be okay with not knowing everything and being okay with, I don't know. And then it's on me. The challenge from there then is, am I going to go figure out what that actually is? Am I going to go talk to Eric or John or someone that I know has the knowledge of it or is willing to do more legwork than I am to find out what that answer is? Or am I even willing to dig myself? 
And so that's the challenge that I come away with every every Wednesday night um, for myself, um, just trying to get over that inadequacy that I have, that I feel. I can relate to that as well, and I think that was part of my intimidation with coming as well. And um, I, I actually have a hearing loss, so I read lips, and when I started, we all have masks on, and I was really nervous about that because then I, well, it's really, really difficult to hear. Um, but I, and so sometimes that would, I would just sit back and listen to what I could, maybe the people around me. Um, but I felt like everybody, I just shared that, and everybody was really open to me being there and understanding, and Miranda even would like just pull down hers a little bit so I could. Um, read her lips and stuff. So that just that does sometimes get in my headspace, and it can be really intimidating. Um, got past that though; is great. But I would say the other challenging things are probably myself, because one, just to get here on time, <laughs> once you know, I walk in and I sit in the front with my friend Cedar and Carrie. So, you know, I have to walk in in front of everybody, and sometimes he makes a comment. So rude. <laughs> Can you so believe I have, that, Nick? <laughs> the other barrier is, um, yeah, it's, just, it's time and, and things get really busy in life. I have four children. I, you know, work during the day. And I, I actually work from home, so sometimes that means I have to shower and get out of my pajamas <laughs> to come. So that's a challenge. Um, but, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, I'm tired and in the winter. And so there's some berries, but they, most of them, I would say, are just myself. And um, But every time I do get here, which is most of the time, I love it. And I feel so refreshed when I leave. So... Um, right, one more question. You got to go next. But yeah, Tracy, the people that started last year, you know, it was fascinating because that was the, what they thought Wednesday nights were. And I was like, oh, just wait till next year. <laughs> and so here we are. Um, what would you say to someone who is unsure or nervous about the discussion group time? I would say I get it. I was very nervous as well. And um, but I would just say give it a try and just come. Um, I, <laughs> it has been just so neat because this is a bigger church and, and um, I am just so amazed though at how welcoming everyone is. So just come. If you're unsure, I mean, seek me out. I'd love to talk to you more too about it. So. Yeah, very similar. Just, uh, just come and sit and be willing to not say anything. And be willing to just soak it in and being willing to uh, be part of the discussion, even if that's just you listening. Um, you're going to learn more even from there than just coming here during the discussion or during um, the lecture. <laughs> and, um, and so because you're going to get it from other, other people's point of view as well. And um, sometimes you even go dig a little deeper and sometimes you find a new hunting spot. So it's just a great... <laughs> great thing to just continue to do and and so I just challenge you to just come and like you said try it out but give it multiple times because you know it's like the first day of school everyone's kind of awkward and then um, after that you get more and more comfortable and even if you're not going to say anything you still get more and more comfortable um, and uh, so just come 
they pretty much covered it. But um, yeah, I'd have to say just come, because I know if I'm out of town and watch it online, it, it's like you miss, it's like, oh, I wonder what they're talking about in their <laughs> discussion groups, you know, because it's, there. that is, a, it's a very intimate time. And and I know, I know in one of my groups, I, I think it might have been even the second one, because um, I think I came halfway one for my first one, and I just said, you know, I'm I'm not a big talker, and so, but I but I think you know as the spirit works in your heart and and you have something to share, um, then someone else will mention something, and it, it just kind of mushrooms. It's it's so exciting how the Lord works in miraculous ways. Does anybody um, have any questions? For either these folks or for myself, either about what we've already talked about or kind of how Wednesday nights are going to transpire. No brave people. Yes. Hello. Um, so early on, and Tanya could chime in on this since John abandoned us. Um, there was some sort of declaration that we would not cancel for weather. John would said something like, I'll snowshoe my way to church. <laughs> so as far as I know, we've never canceled, ever. I mean, some of you have the red hat to prove it. Um, so, yeah, we, we have committed some of us more begrudgingly than others, that would be me, to continue to live stream. Um, so we will, we will continue to live stream. If Lee would have it, we're going to live stream until we all retire. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, so the discussion part, you know, if, it, if for some reason, you know, some, a lot of, not some, a few folks head south for the winter or somewhere else for the winter. I don't know why, um, but I could probably get it. And you still want to like listen and you want to engage with other folks, um, the questions will be available. So, yeah. We don't ever, we don't ever cancel. Yes? Yeah, so um, the question was, when we divide up into our discussion groups, how many people are in the discussion groups? And um, so we've had some confusion around this, and people say, well, what's the difference? Small groups are what we were talking about on Sunday. They meet in people's homes and that sort of thing. These are discussion groups. Um, so they're about 10 to 12 starting out um, because there is some... I know, it's hard to believe after this riveting night of <laughs> grammatical discussion on, on the book of Judges, there is some uh, attrition that happens over the winter or even over the, the year. So there's going to be about, I haven't done a head count. Um, we'll number off later and I'll get it right. Not tonight, but there's about 10 or 12 individuals. So great questions. Other questions, they're just rolling in. The brave folks. Yes. Oh, yes. The notes, the notes. When do we get to see the notes? 
the questions? Or yeah, okay. So um, we will um, get the questions out, and I print them off, and we'll put them out there on the tables. So if you want a hard copy of the notes or the questions in advance, um, so you can look at them in your discussion groups, uh, people found that to be helpful, and so they'll be out in advance, so you can pick them up on your way in. Um, and if people really want them before that, I can certainly get them to you. Some people have asked me for my notes. They're not really that helpful, um, but I, I, I can give them to you. And then we'll post, they also get posted on our website. So when Joy posts the, the audio version, just the audio version, uh, the questions get posted with that as well. So, Other questions? Uh, so you want me to talk for 20 more minutes? <laughs> yes, thanks, Deb. Or maybe somebody wants somebody else is like, you know, if I were to if I would have been asked to be on the panel, now they're all bitter at me, David, because I didn't ask them. Deb. Why didn't we dumber off tonight? Great question. Um, so somebody had an idea of doing this in kind of as a precursor to give people an idea, expectations, what we're going to be getting into. Um, and so we're going to, I've said, I'll try anything twice because <laughs> the first time might have been a bad experience. And the second, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> the planners are like, no, I'm not going to sleep tonight because I don't know who's going to be in my group. It's like you run to school when they say that the, your, your classroom is, I remember riding my bike down to Beetle Elementary, which my principal actually happens to be here now. Um, and we would look in the door and be like, all right, who, uh, oh, no, I'm in that class. <laughs> Mrs. Rasmussen, no. She was my first grade teacher. She was fine. She was fine. So, uh, yes, part of it is we've seen a very big influx between first and second nights. And so then it becomes, you know, We've got 15 people that are looking for groups. Well, now groups are at 10 when we should have added another person. And so part of it was let's get a sense of how many people are going to be here. And then we'll break up next week. So that's, that's the reason. Yes. Yeah. Wonderful. So, yes. Uh, typically, groups get through about one to three questions. Um, so, most weeks, there's going to be a series of four questions. Um, some of those might be multi layered questions. Um, so the first question might actually be three questions, um, but we always have at least four, sometimes five, 
sets of questions. And because the, the men are, let me say this, how do I say this? <laughs> the women pretty much never get through all the questions. <laughs> so, yeah. And then it's, the leaders can kind of pick and choose how they want to uh, ask the questions. And so you might get the list of questions, and then you might not even go over one of the questions. Um, that's just because your leader has decided, hey, I think based on where we're at tonight, this next question could be even better. So, so the question process, some of you know, some of you don't know. There's a group of folks we meet together um, for lunch. Everyone has their own commentary. And as they're doing their own study, they are formulating questions that they may have for themselves, of the text, of the group that we meet together with. And then collectively, we, we try to come up with, again, four or five questions that, that are going to spur us on, meaning the group of us, on for deeper discussion. There's no magic behind it. Um, and it's fascinating how the Holy Spirit oftentimes one person will say, this is, here's my question. And then this person over here will say, oh, I had a very similar question. And so then it becomes, how do we meld these questions together? And we take great care in putting those together. And the hope, again, the hope is never to trick people, to stump people, to create... I never want us to create a question that has, in essence, a right answer. Would you affirm that, David? Brent, you'd agree? Yeah. We, we don't, it's not about, again, it's not about content comprehension. It's about spiritual formation and spiritual transformation. And so that's what we're trying to do. So if you're upset with the questions, um, I get it. <laughs> because we're just a group of people, and so. Yes? What is a commentary? Uh, a very expensive book <laughs> written by... So commentaries, it's, uh, it's interesting. One of the commentaries, um, the opening, there, there's always an introduction, and kind of talking about a lot of what we did tonight. And this commentator said, this is a book about a book of books. <laughs> so it's some biblical scholar who has spent a whole lot of time uh, breaking down the text, the history of, the, of uh, interpretation of certain words, uh, they range in very accessible to extremely uh, grammatically complex. Um, and it's, it's scholars that are producing scholarly work for the academy, and we are using it to try and create an understanding of what the text says. Um, so, is that helpful? Other questions? In my 477,000 mile GMC Yukon? 
with my iPhone 6S. <laughs> I put a high priority on brand new things. <laughs> so it's fun. I started at Timberwood 11 years ago, and I'll never forget my first Wednesday night. And um, we were going through the book of Acts. I had just started it in July, and John and Tom used to go on the sailing trip uh, in September. And it was the second week of Wednesday nights, and Tom was like, well, we're going sailing. And we were in the process of renovating the old Timberwood house that's no longer there, and I was tasked with that. Uh, welcome to Timberwood, other duties. Um, and I, I had no idea what Wednesday nights was. It was Acts chapter 2, and I showed... Val, do you remember this? I showed... <laughs> I showed a clip from Monsters vs. Aliens. Because I was like, I don't know what we do. <laughs> like, there's John and Tom are gone. I guess I can do whatever I want. Um, and so, yeah, that was, uh, that was the beginning. So. I've come a long ways. I still love it, people. You're, you've actually gotten better. <laughs> I know because I was probably terrible. Um, I didn't get hired for my speaking abilities. I know that. <laughs> Other questions? In all seriousness, it, I love the interaction. If something is confusing, I love when people want to ask a question and, and push back. And if we did that, the we had that throughout the lecture if you're like oh i'm afraid i'm going to interrupt please by all means interrupt because um, that's that's really what i want us to be able to do so <laughs> either one yeah as i said we, we should get paddles <laughs> question yeah could we get buttons lee where they like just push a button and then you would get a notification that there's a question. <laughs> yeah, right. Text Lee from an anonymous number. <laughs> yeah, Lee would be like, uh, we have a question from the crowd. Um, yeah, we could we could just tweet up to this could we just tweet up to the screen? <laughs> Live tweets. Uh, yeah. I mean, what, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> it could, yeah. It could become like a melodrama. In there. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Yeah, right. The youth are celebrating because they have been freed from me, so. <laughs> uh. Other questions? Uh, feel free, if you have questions during the week or whatever, um, you can certainly email me or you can call me, you can text me, you can do just whatever, stop, yeah, whatever you want. Um, I'd love to, love to continue to engage um, on this. So, yes? Great question. I Yes, I have not. Um, usually they call us. Oh, sorry. The question is, uh, previous years, there's been a group of guys from Teen Challenge that have come up. Um, 
somewhere between five and six of them, and they have been uh, great to have in our groups, and so that was the question. And I don't know that, but I can certainly reach out to Sam and say we'd be more than willing to have them join us because they, they provide some interesting perspectives on the, the conversation. So. Other questions? Thank you, guys. Um, one other thing that is actually kind of a key theme um, of the book of Judges, and I'll move back to the center so that our video can move back to the center. Have I just been the guy on the side, or did you just zoom out? You're a professional. And a gentleman, and a professional. Uh, so one of the key themes that we're going to see coming up in the book of, uh, obviously the book of Judges, but also the book of Ruth, is the role of women within this narrative. And so it's going to be great because Amy is going to be teaching a few times um, for me. And so hearing a female's perspective on this book is going to be also very exciting. So uh, get excited for that. Some of you may be wondering, is Derek going to make an appearance? He might. I will not tell you when he's coming. <laughs> he'll, just show, he'll just show up, and you'll be like, oh, it's Derek. Then you're really going to want the question paddles? Ding, <laughs> ding. He's actually going to be here as a part of the study. He's not here tonight, but um, also great to have him around. So, uh, so next week, you will have read the whole book of Judges, so uh, that is wonderful. But what we will be going through, and, not but, it's a and, both and, we are going to be going through 1 through 2.15. That's going to be our first um, night of text. So 1 through uh, 2.15. So as you kind of start concentrating on that section, um, and then the next week, we're going to be 2.16 through the end of 3. And then from there, we're going to cover about two chapters a night. So we'll be covering about two chapters a night. Yes? You may have already mentioned this, and I apologize if you didn't. But do you analyze that in the book in a way where, especially language, some of it is exactly what happened? So um, what I did last year was I printed off a schedule that has me slightly more nervous this year. <laughs> uh, even though uh, I hate sudden change, uh, there's some spots where if I feel like we want to kind of hang there for a little bit longer, I don't want to constantly be adjusting the schedule. Um, so I will put that tentative schedule together and then it'll be available next week, so you can kind of keep score of that. Um, and then the book of Ruth, so part of the question is why Judges and Ruth together? Um, so the book of Ruth is really um, the continuation of what is going on, well, not the continuation, a, a closer look. Um, so 
Ruth 1.1, in the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So Ruth is a very close-up look at how a small number of individuals functioned within the larger story of the book of Judges. And so it's going to be fun to take a look at Ruth and see, okay, we know what's been going on uh, kind of nationally within the nation of Israel. What was it look like being, for it to be lived out in a very small setting? So that's going to be either in December or in January. So, All right. So what I will tell you is we're going to get out about five minutes early. For those of you with small children who are nervous about them not sleeping tonight or going to bed late, I see you. I know you. I, I was once known as the bedtime Nazi, so I get it. You can get your kids early. and If you're like, I don't want my kids early, you can just meet some new friends. <laughs> so... Uh, I had another thought, you're like, you're, you're ruining my free time. Um, you know, we do this, me- this meal the first night as a big kickoff. I mean, what fun was it to be able to meet new folks and to eat together? Um, if you guys want to say, hey, we're going to get Rafferty's Pizza every Wednesday night, and we're going to sit outside or sit at a table and meet some folks, that would be fantastic, so... Great idea. I, I, just, I just had it earlier, and I thought, how cool would this be if every Wednesday night all these people were just here, hanging out, having dinner? And you're thinking, and if you provided it. <laughs> Fair enough. Yes? Uh, the building opens at 7 a.m. Uh, or 6.45 on Wednesday mornings. Right, Ritter? <laughs> Unless it's locked, and then the alarm goes off, and then I uh, have to unlock it. Yeah, building's open, 7 a.m. So, all right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, we just thank you so much for tonight, and we thank you for this group of folks that, that ha- want to engage with you, and they want to engage with one another, and, and we ask that as we come to this book, this ancient text that you have given to your people and to us, we come with open hands and, and open minds and open hearts, in a position of humble obedience, excited about knowing you as the main character in this story. And so we just ask again, Holy Spirit, that you would reveal yourself to us, that you would help us as we wrestle with some of these very challenging texts, and that as we learn more about this book, we would learn more about you, and we would fall deeper and deeper in love with you. And as a result, we would seek to love those around us in ways that would draw them closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, thanks for coming.